This episode is brought to you by Subaru. Ever wonder what it's like to own a Subaru? Meet real Subaru owners. Find out on meetandowner.com. On meetandowner.com, owners create a personalized profile. You make videos, photos, text posts, communicate one-on-one with users to share a first-hand look at what owning a Subaru is really like. So check out meetandowner.com. Talk to real owners. See how a Subaru can fit your life on meetandowner.com. And stay tuned. At the end of today's show, Subaru has very kindly allowed us to, uh, to give you little mini bonus episodes. And, and, and we have one after, this, after today's episode. Thank you, Subaru, for supporting the show. And enjoy it. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to make your next move into a reality, including a free domain. Not to mention, Squarespace has beautifully designed templates, customizable features. I'm telling you, it turns creating a website into a process that can be very stressful, where it's so much trial and error, into something that's simple, intuitive. You can add, arrange content with the click of a mouse. It's, it's, it's really simple, and it's, it's actually really fun to get into that back end, mess around. It, it, it's, it's all simple. I use it myself. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code CG to get 10% off your first purchase. CG, like me, Chris Gethard, CG at squarespace.com. You get 10% off. Hello to all the black crack addicts. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. It's your friend Chris Gethard. So happy to be here. Another episode beautiful anonymous hey if you like the show why don't you go leave us a rating review i haven't pushed for those in a while and it's nice it's fun it's fun to watch a beautiful anonymous climb the charts and then sink back down to where it naturally floats but it's fun go do it who cares it's a fun time you want to support the show you can also buy one of our sorry sally t-shirts or our uh, enamel pins at earwolf.com thanks everybody who enjoyed last week's episode last week we talked to swingers we talked to a couple swingers a very sexually experimental lifestyle we heard about it very very interesting feedback all over the internet i monitor this stuff as you guys know i read it pretty obsessively it was very funny because this one I, I saw some people who were saying hey i turned this one off right away because marriage is sacred i don't think this is gonna be my cup of tea totally understandable then on the other extreme i saw many people saying hey that was really tame that was pretty tame. You set up top. It was going to get juicy, and it didn't get that juicy. Pretty tame. And then I think there were many people in the middle ground who said, huh, cool to talk to some swingers. Um, so that's nice. My favorite feedback, of course, came from the uh, beautiful anonymous, the community on Facebook. We're up to almost 9,000 people in that thing. Big shout out to everybody who's in there. Ruben, Ruben posts a lot in that group, big uh, contributor. He said, I can't listen to this one because they sound like my great aunt and uncle. And I'm getting the worst visuals. I'm so sorry, Ruben, that I made you think about your great aunt and uncle in a bed with six other people. I'm very, very sorry about that. Now on to this week. Very fun conversation with this guy. You know, this guy's at a crossroads in his life. I always love when a caller is at a crossroads in his life. His or her life calls up. Let's hear my perspective. I'll tell you, it's a real question for this caller. Is he going to follow his head, the smart thing to do, or his heart? thing he really desires. We've all been there. His comes in a specific way. Also relates to a culture that I think is uh, 
maybe dying out a little bit that needs some defenders to uh, look out for it. And he's struggling with all these feelings of, of the heart versus the head and responsibility and how much does he want to be involved. It was cool to talk to him. Hope it all works out well, caller. And uh, that promise I make at the end of the episode, if you do it, I'll do it. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening to Beautiful Anonymous. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello, Jeff? Yeah, hi. What's going on, Chris? Uh, let's see, what's going on? Uh, still getting the house renovated, uh, but if there's an end in sight now. Tiles are up, cabinets are, they've installed the countertop yesterday, so that's what's going on. What's going feels on? Feels good. Yeah, it feels, feels good, right? Yeah, I mean, but I've been living in a house with no toilet or shower for or sink for a month. So that's okay. But uh, next week, they're thinking end of next week, they'll be done. I'll have a, a toilet yeah. again. So that's good. That's the answer to... No, I'm right with you. My my wife and I bought a house uh, about a year and a half ago, and it's been slow moving, trying to get everything livable and enjoyable for us. Had you ever owned a house before? No. Nope. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I'm in my uh, young 30s. She was uh, less than, and you know, we'd just been renting. Uh, we met in college and, and, you know, rented apartment after apartment. And then finally took, uh, took the leap after getting married uh, just a couple years ago. Yeah. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't realize it's like renovating a house. I know, right? Horrible. I don't, I don't know how forget, to do anything. You forget how much you, you like, you depend on the people who you just call when something's wrong <laughs> instead of having to do everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's also like I can't enter a public restroom now without being like, oh, they went with hex. Those are two inch hexagon tiles. Like I can't. <laughs> like, oh, you got these guys got a penny tile backsplash. Like all these things that I never cared about before now, and I'm not going to care about right. it in a month. But right now, no, I'm you like, never will again. No, no, all I'm, you can talk about. You're just talking to strangers. Like, oh, you know, what are your feelings about this? And 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 you realize as they're answering, you you know. <laughs> Oh wait, your phone's breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry. That's okay. We can go to a different spot. That's fine. So I yeah I uh, I've been uh, trying to call for a while. I uh, I almost got through. In- interestingly, the day after my wife and I got the chance to see uh, Career Suicide in New York. Oh, um, thanks but, for coming. Uh, anyways, uh, much belated, but but great show, man. Thanks, thanks for checking it out. That's cool. <laughs> It was fun. We, you know, we we got some of those the, the floor seats and a, a little uh, sofa or whatever. That was, a, that was a, a terrific experience. We were in in New York for like thirty six hours, but that's uh, <laughs> that's what we got to do. Well, um, if you were only here for thirty six hours, it mean it genuinely does mean a lot that you set aside one point five hours to hear me talk about my struggles with mental health issues. Well, look, that's that's what everybody <laughs> says, right? They says they say if you, if you go to New York. You 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 have to schedule a, a one-on-one meeting with Lin Manuel. He'll he'll take time with you, mm-hmm. and then and then listen to Chris. Uh, you know, lose it. The first one almost impossible. The second one very easy. <laughs> and soon easier with uh, what you take the HBO special, right? Yeah, tape. I'm t- just talking about you for for the hour. I'm into it. Give me the excuse to plug. It comes out May sixth. I don't know if your episode will. This phone call will air before or after May 6th, but it, either my life will change on May 6th or my life will have changed on May 6th. 
so I, either way, people will, people will know what you're saying now is 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 gospel. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just rolling with just an idiot from New Jersey, rolling with the punches at the end of the day. <laughs> well, look, man, I I have uh, I wanted to tell you I, I've got a couple things in my queue. I've been losing sleep for weeks. Uh, just I, I can't stop thinking, and I've honestly thought. Boy, I could sure benefit from a from a, a, a neutral third party to to hear this stuff and and talk it out with. You just described me. I'm a neutral third. If I'm I anything, if I am anything, That's right. I am a neutral third party. Yeah, I, I and and I feel neutral about you. It, it's great. It works all the way around. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> So, so here, here's what's up with me, man. I, uh, a lot of, uh, like weird and small health issues, uh, for the last year that have been super annoying, like digestion stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll run through it. It's super boring and, and cut me off. But, uh, a year and a half ago around Thanksgiving, I got pneumonia for like over a month. Uh, it was, it was miserable is what it is. You know, I just went and saw doctor after doctor, and I'm like, I don't know, here's another antibiotic. I don't know, here's another antibiotic. You know, suck it up. Um, and then for you know, I, you know, finally kind of cleared up. But for kind of a year, I had just like the worst digestion problems, and uh, you know, just some gross stuff that, that you you don't care to listen about on a Friday afternoon or a whatever afternoon uh, this is being taped. Anyway, uh, I, I, I dealt with that for like a year miserable every morning i just like wake up doubled over in pain uh, uh it was the worst and i you know finally started talking to, like a, a naturopathic doctor uh which is something you know five years ago i would have scoffed at uh but anyway she you, you know i worked with her cleared it out i lost like 30 pounds uh, in two months and, yeah yeah and I, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't obese or anything. And I'm certainly not, uh, I, I'm certainly kind of scarecrowy now, but, uh, you know, it happened quick. And now, so now, uh, I've been like, I've had these like, uh, headaches and like pressure, uh, in my head that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are complaining about bad colds and, and flu season this year, but, uh, I, I finally saw like a second specialist to talk about it. And, he speculated that uh, significant weight loss can like open up your ear canal. So like just stuff is louder and just hits, hits your ear harder. Uh, so that's been super annoying. <laughs> that sucks. Now I, this, the, this digestion stuff, has it healed up? It's it's pretty good now. Yeah. I was on like a, like a, a paleo diet uh, or a oh. whole 30 is, is something people talk about where it's, it's you know, just, it, just nothing, you know. You just eat meat and, and veg and, and, yeah. and nuts, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I'm back. I'm back to normal now. I can eat that's pizza, good. and boy, that was uh, that was a, a long few months without without my friend pizza. Yeah, I historically have some digestion issues. My brother too. We're anxiety riddled. I generally, exactly. I generally it, know the location of help. the nearest public restroom, no matter where I am. <laughs> I'm constantly clocking every Starbucks I pass in this city. I, I remember where it is. La Pan Cotidian. You like very that? good, very good public restrooms at La Pan Cotidian. And the very underrated. Do you like the little paper, oh, uh, paper, paper what? seats? No, I don't. 
I don't know, the paper seat, sometimes if it's really nasty, I'll mess with the paper seat. But usually what I'll, I'll do a thorough wipe down of the seat with toilet paper for two reasons. One, yeah. one, it gets it clean, and I trust that that's clean enough. Two, it's a great way to just make sure there's toilet paper there before I throw down, which is what I call it. Oh, that's smart. So double check. Yeah. 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 The number one thing. Yeah, you're, you're experienced. <laughs> living in a city, number one piece of advice I can give, we all forget hotel lobbies. Hotel lobbies. Oh, they're yeah. never They're never going to ask. Genius. Yeah, especially if it's got like a lounge or a bar or a restaurant. Like they're not going to ask if you stay there. And they keep their restrooms clean. There's pride involved in this. Hotel lobby restrooms. Right. Plus, oft overlooked places. I think you and I have probably learned, you and I have probably learned, you know, you, you beeline it pretty within a, a quick pace towards a restroom. You're not getting stopped by anyone anyway. No, definitely not. No. Um, it, it, it takes a lot to get stopped. It really, you just have to make sure you enter a place that you know has a, a public restroom because where you'll get stopped is if you have to ask for access. That's where you get stopped. You know, another place consistently right. clean restrooms, going to give you a major hint here to the world Home Depot. What? Home Depot. That can't be true. Is that true? Home Depot, quality restrooms, very quality restrooms. I've I've noticed this in multiple states where I've had to stop and have emergency bathroom situations in in Home Depots. I have theories. I have actual theories on why. I do. I I, that's exactly where I am. Is is wondering why? Is it just because there's always so many employees that are not available to help me that they're all in the bathroom cleaning (laughs) could be could be but i have two issues i have two thoughts here one is that it mainly revolves around the world of contractors contractors are constantly in and out of places like a home depot and contractors first of all they're constantly working in places where they're removing the bathrooms they they handicap themselves here you have to realize like I now know from having home renovations, they rip the toilet out. So if there's a toilet they have consistent access to in a place, they're, they're certainly not going to wreck that toilet. It is a culture of toiletless people. And they're also a, a culture of people who spend their time putting pride into their work rebuilding bathrooms. So by their nature, my guess right. would be, like, I'm never going to go in and just, like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to go in and mess up a comedy club and walk away and not think about it. That's my. That's where I practice my wares. Contractors, by their nature, right. think very hard about bathrooms. I think there's maybe a little bit of a. This is a temple, you know. It's a temple. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, these are thoughts that you're not going to have in, in another six months. <laughs> well, uh, not in when regards you're, when to you're done remodeling. Not in regards to like the spiritual nature of contractors and their relation to buildings as a whole, but. <laughs> There's no world in which I'll stop thinking about where to have emergency bathroom stops. That's always going to be a factor. <laughs> That's always going to be a factor. That's just me personally. Home Depot's though, yeah. That's awesome. And Lowe's, Lowe's, I, I th- they, they as well. Um, they as well. I don't want to, uh, you know, as far as home repair superstores, I don't want to choose one or the other. But Home Depot, yeah, very, you're not, very consistent. You're not biased. You're not sponsored by either one. No, no. Although if, if either Lowe's or Home Depot wants to throw a sponsorship, I'll quickly stop mentioning the other one. Yeah, and I'll stop uh, mentioning the service uh, that I occasionally get. (laughs) Yeah, let's not worry about that. Not worry about that. So, so Chris, here here we go. I'm on the precipice. I've got a decision to make, and uh, and I think think you'll want to win. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm, I'm considering, I'm considering leaving my job at a, at a pretty successful company 
uh, and and uh, setting off on my own. Okay. Wow. Starting your own, starting a business. Well, yes and no. Um, so really, it's uh, I want to I want to buy a small business that the uh, the owner uh, passed away unexpectedly in December. Mm. I think it's a, a staple business in the uh, in you know the area that I live, and uh, it's it's basically been the the dream job or goal kind of uh, job for me for all of my life, but. It's just not. It's just not glamorous. <laughs> there, I mean, there's no. There's not. Uh, there's not as much opportunity for uh, you know, building retirement funds or college funds for potential children or you know all that stuff. It, it seems like I'd be giving away financial security to to buy my dream job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a business that's in your neighbor, in your world, in your area that you've patronized before. You support it. Yeah, it's it's a record store, Chris. Uh, I, I'm in there every week. It's it's basically church to me. So I see what you mean, though. Of you, yeah, you're not building a 401k out of that at this point in human in history. Right. Yeah, but you're exactly. going to be happy. You're going to be in talk about the temple. That would like that would be to you what a bathroom is to a contractor. <laughs> right, and it would still be important to me to to build out a, a really nice bathroom in the store. <laughs> now what, uh, your current work, uh, what's, what's your current work? Yeah. Entail? So, uh, a little bit like uh, among my friends, I'm, I'm kind of a uh, Chandler, uh, you know, I just kind of have this amorphous <laughs> tech kind of job. So I work in market research. Um, I, I work for a, a company with that's involved with the, like online surveys. Um, so, you know, anytime that you're online, you see something that says, hey, you can take a survey, answer a few questions, and you'll get a couple bucks in returns. In return, that's, that's Buy the record that's store. kind of my world. Buy the record world. store. Buy right. the record store. <laughs> you're bored already. Holy shit. Buy the record store. It's, okay, we're 14 minutes in. <laughs> Great talking to you. I'm glad we solved that problem. Cool. See you, see you Chris. Nice time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Right, they're, like, they're... Go for There's it. no way to like not be emotional about this decision because there, there's no way to get excited. Like I, I love my company. The people I work with are are phenomenal. You know, this is a I I I joined the company like four years ago when it was like 15 people. It's now uh, over 150 across the globe. You know, we opened up an office in London and, and Germany. We like. <laughs> this company like landed on the Inc. The top 50 fastest growing companies. My CEO, who I talked to already about this opportunity, is like super nice and supportive. They have like open vacation policy. It, oh, in one way, it, it, you know, it's, it's the Google job. You know, yeah, it's the it's that. And and I would have the opportunity to to travel, feel secure. It, by you know continuing to do something that I understand how to do, I'm a, I'm a pretty smart guy, uh, and I, I can continue being being successful there. But you know when I when I come home from that job, I, I sit in my back room with with you know a, a thousand records, and and that's all I want to do. So <laughs> it's I, I I don't know. I just don't know how to. I don't know how to be rational about this decision. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one because you do. I mean, you you got a mortgage to pay, 
You got a family yeah. already. You got a wife. You got kids coming. I, These are not small things. I, I, I'm telling her I want kids soon, and and she's she's starting to she's starting to listen. But boy, you know, this uh, asking her to you know risk this financial <laughs> insecurity for indefinitely with me, and you know, let's let's grow the number of mouths to feed in this house is. I, it's scary, man. Okay, I got. To, I want to walk through a couple of things here. I want to try a couple of experiments. Okay, okay. Because here's I'm because I I actually feel like I identify as a music guy to some level. I what yeah. what usually happens with me is I will find a band and I will obsess over one band. Oftentimes, not current. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never up on current music. Usually, if a band is very, if I'm hearing a lot of buzz amongst friends about a band, I will tell myself. If I'm still hearing about them in like three years, then I'll check it out. Right. Like I want to make yep. sure it has some longevity. There's a couple bands that I, I that I could name name. I could name names where everybody was like, "This is the best record ever." Nobody's listening to those records anymore. They weren't the best records ever. I'm glad. Well, I didn't. let's do that. What are, what were these like temporarily overhyped? Like I remember Arctic Monkeys. People said this is the next Beatle. You know, it's incredible. And yeah, then, whereas you know, like that, that just kind of. Although, like that song, they put out Emily Kane, right? That's Arctic uh, Monkeys, isn't it? Right. We got to look, look that up. Emily Kane, beautiful song. But yeah, they're not the next Beatles. Another band that I remember, and again, I'm not trying to talk bad. Like, like I, I actually know for a fact. No, lot, no. And I know for a fact a lot of musicians actually listen to this podcast. I have been told that Beautiful Anonymous, very popular way to, to kill time in the van amongst bands while they're on the road. Um, and, and sometimes this overhype, you know, first of all, I hope everybody makes their money. Go get those festival gigs while the hype is alive. But like a band like Fleet Foxes yeah, right. is one. Fleet Foxes, perfectly good band. Oh, Emily Kane was Art Brute, yep. not Arctic Monkeys. I messed it up. Art Brute. I, uh, uh, that's, oh, that's right. Art Brute was an even, even shorter uh, Art, lifespan. Art Brute, that's though, what I was aware it was anyway. <laughs> I applaud Art Brute because their lyrics are so personal to a degree, um, to a degree that it's like... Uh, like, I I listen to Art Brute and I'm like, wow, you guys are oversharing. And I did a 90 minute show about wanting to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, Arctic Monkeys. We just looked it up. That was, I bet you look good on the dance floor. It was good, but yeah, not the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fleet Foxes was another one that I'm like, no. perfectly good band. But I remember everybody saying like, this is it. These guys are like the next, right? The next thing where I'm like, those were good records, and I'm 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 I, I'm glad now I can listen and be like, oh, these songs are good. But I'm not caught up in the hype. Not that it matters. Enjoy what yeah, you enjoy. And I, I think that's that's the, been the biggest part for me is is removing myself from the hype, figuring out, you know, it, it, any album I want to listen to, it, treat it on its own. Even if it's the fifth album by an artist I care about, you know, who knows if if they're setting out to do something completely different. So, I, I, you know, I I don't I don't uh, prescribe to the you know to the high fidelity. Uh, point of view of the record store snobbery, and that's a, you know, that's a that's one small reason, you know, amid technology and big box stores and and all these format changes over the last few decades. But it, it, record store snobbery is another reason that you know thousands of record stores closed over the last few decades, and that's not that's not indicative of of you know what these places, what these temples uh, can be. You know, I. I, I get wrapped up and I get, you know, I'm, I'm thinking 400 steps ahead, but you know, this, this place should have local artists and, and it should be like collaboration of, 
of small businesses in this area. That's, you know, my back to my boring uh, market research job for a second, like a, a big part of what I do is, is like strategic business partnerships, which, you know, cool that I'm, you know, in my job, I'm talking about, you know, buying and selling millions of, of dollars of whatever. But the reality is it's just about talking to somebody and figuring out, hey, what do you need? Here's what I need. Can we help each other in a way that, you know, neither of us go broke doing it? And that's that's what I see, a, you know, a good small business, a good record store doing as being this cultural hub of the community. And and to be that, you know, not so much a gatekeeper, but just a, a just a person that that is close to that and allows other people and kids to have the same experience as I did to, you know, to walk into a record store on, on you know, Saturday morning or, or whatever and just walk around, listen to whatever's playing, decide, boy, I, I, I don't really like this, but it, it sounds pretty good inside these four walls. Just... I, I think those experiences are, are, are so important and, you know, I, there's not much of a profit margin on, on these pieces of wax, but uh, boy, boy, it's the life. I, it sounds, sounds like I've convinced myself already. Chris. I don't know well, why I need to do Hold on. Cause I'm not trying to be responsible for the financial ruin of your entire family. Okay. I, yeah, I, I shoot off at the mouth. Pretty, <laughs> here's okay. Okay. Here, here's my first question. I just called that my first question. I feel like I've already asked the guy like 35 questions. I, I, who cares? I don't know. Anyway, we're going to hear where this all lands, what this guy's thinking. But beforehand, you know, he's trying to start a business. You know, we got a lot of businesses, and they all started with somebody. And, and luckily, many of them advertise on this show. Uh, please do check out these, these products um, and, and use those promo codes. They really, it really helps the show when you do. We'll be back soon. Let's hear from our sponsors. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place, it's not enough to find quality candidates. You want to find the perfect hire? You need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. Zip Recruiter already has 9 million resumes you can search through in their database. You can add multiple people to your account. That way you make it the most efficient way for your team to find the best hire. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job up to 100 job sites. That includes social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all of that with a single click. Very handy website at ZipRecruiter.com. Shows you trending career fields, cities, searches. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. You post once, you watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You just quickly screen your candidates, you rate them, you hire the right person fast. And if you run into any issues, don't fret about it. Okay, ZipRecruiter's friendly and human support staff. It's ready to help. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been featured on Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine, The New York Times, TechCrunch, and CBS, and why it's been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. One more time. Try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. How'd you like to be your own boss? Have the power to earn extra money whenever you want. Get your side hustle on and drive with Uber. That's what Charles did. Charles recently had his first child. Driving with Uber lets Charles have the flexibility he needs as a new dad and earn extra cash. When you drive with Uber, you're in control. You work around your own life. Nobody's telling you when to come, when to leave. Either nobody's asking you to change your plans, come in early, stay late. You do it your way. You turn on the app when you want to work and you turn it off when you don't. You decide when and where you want to earn that extra cash. That makes driving with Uber a great fit for just about everybody. 
especially if your regular schedule is always changing. My favorite part, Uber's instant pay. It makes every day payday, okay? You cash out straight from the app to your bank account. You can do that up to five times a day. Who doesn't like that? You get paid five times a day. That's pretty nice. Have the flexibility you need and earn extra cash when you want on your schedule like Charles. Drive with Uber. Go to uber.com slash drive now and every day can be payday. That's uber.com slash drive now. U-B-E-R dot com slash drive now. Certain restrictions apply. See the site for details. Uber.com slash drive now. Thank you to everybody who supports this show. All our advertisers, they help me bring it to you for free, and uh, please do check out what they have to offer. In the meantime, let's get back to the phone call. Here's okay, okay. Here, here's my first question. So the the owner of the store passed yeah. away. This is clearly someone you've known for many yep. years. I'm sure, you know the family to a certain yep. degree. Is it a matter of like someone's going to take over the store, and you would love it to be you, or if somebody doesn't step up, it's going to go away? That's that's. That's the most like the latter is more likely. Uh, so the the owner was was a you know hundred percent uh, had hundred percent ownership. He by the way uh, this was this was his whole life. He he started a a different store with two friends, two business partners, like when he was freshly eighteen uh, in the early seventies, and and that store which which grew expanded. I think that you know they had a couple different stores uh, at one point, but that store was open from seventy three to. Uh, to o four seventy three to o four so they you know all of the format changes the Napster you know all the stuff that they they saw and they you know they they closed in o four you know they finally said look it's it's tough to be profitable in music uh, and they closed the door the, so the very next year uh, they closed that store uh, in o four in o five uh, this guy started uh, the store that is is what we're talking about now. So it's been open for you know over ten years in the in its current iteration, and it's it's just been him. So after you know twenty years of of, of uh, or thirty years fighting this the industry and figuring out how to make a dime, he didn't even take a breath, man. He just like he went right back in and said, "Look, this is this is what I do. This is what I want to do. I, I, I'm going to keep doing it." So, but to answer your question, he you know he was the sole owner. He he left it entirely uh, to his wife. Who, uh, who who wasn't a part of it? It's not like you know, husband and wife worked behind the counter. He made he wanted to make sure all his life that that she focused on what she wanted to do. That that her dreams remained her dreams, and his did not add undue stress to her. Because there were years where, you know, the, his overall income was, I, I'm sure, a, a source of anxiety. Uh, but but he wanted that all separate. So anyway, now she she owns it. She wants it to continue. But she knows full well that she has it, that it's that's not her decision. That it's, it's not her business to run. Um, so the reality is, uh, the the options that she's aware of that I, I think are the only options are to liquidate the inventory, um, which there's a couple of creative ways to do that nowadays. But you know, just to sell off the sell off the records and, and close the doors, or find this magical mystery person, uh, musical reference, uh, unintended, uh, to, to take over and, and, and live this life on, you know, on her husband's behalf. Uh, I, I, in reality, Chris, I, I don't think it's likely that she's going to find another me. Um, and I, I recognize that that might sound, uh, you know, egocentric or, or whatever, but I, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm crazy enough and I'm the right person to take on, 
again, paying for, for my dream job that I don't expect to, you know, make it rain. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I'm the best option. I just don't know, you know, we've got to figure out what she's comfortable uh, selling the business for. And if, if that's enough, you know, if I can afford to pay off the financing that it takes to, to make her that offer. And it sounds like the type of thing, like, first of all, here's what I think is very cool about what you just said is like, it's not just that you want to own a record store. It's that there's this guy who did, and he did it in this way that was very inspiring to you. And you want to keep alive. Oh, absolutely. Not just the store, but the spirit, like the the mission statement of what he did. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would walk in there, you know, whenever, whenever I could. uh, And, and the second I did this guy, the owner, he, he, put up his hand to wave. He'd shout my name, ask me how things were going. You know, sometimes he'd, he'd have a specific recommendation. Uh, more often, he would just ask me what I was listening to. And I, I again, you know, it was, it, that was the experience. Uh, you know, sometimes that meant, you know, he convinced me or, or you know, we, we talked about several records and I walked out of there, you know, uh, poor and, and several albums richer. And there were times when I, I said, okay, cool, man. Uh, see you next week or, or whatever. And, and that was, <laughs> and that was fine with them. You know, I, I've been to record stores and I've been to, I've been to small businesses where I feel like if I walk out without purchasing, purchasing something, I get stared at, I get like, I, I feel guilty. And, and that's okay because, you know, the owner of the business or the person at the end of the other counter is just hoping to feed their family at the end of the night. But, you know, it's it's not the customer's responsibility to keep a store open. It's a it's the business owner's responsibility to make that place uh, solve a problem and and do it well. Yeah. Does your wife work? And importantly, does your wife get health insurance at her work? <laughs> uh, very good question. She she does, and she she just started working from home. Um, she she got a promotion that she's basically overseeing uh, what she was doing for uh, basically a company kind of like, um, like Head Start, um, you know, little pre-kid, pre-K uh, daycare and, and up through um, the young childhood education. But she, she kind of oversees a couple different um, Head Start-like programs uh, across the country. She does that from, uh, from home now. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an okay living. Uh, she does not have, uh, she's on my, health insurance through work. And I, I think that's been very strategic. I, I don't think what she has offered through her job is, is very good. Yeah. And when, when we started the call talking about my uh, health issues in the last year, you're, you hit the nail on the head that that's a, that's a concern. Yeah. It's, it's not like someone with a severe digestive issues needs to enter a life of constant stress, <laughs> pressure, and anxiety. <laughs> Owning a record store, which is a beautiful right. thing, but we can also admit in 2017 is uh, the, Oof, the, yeah. one, the ones that survive, it, it's a lot of work. Are you, is it, uh, I would imagine by the nature of this, it's, it's not like you could just invest in it, keep your current job and em- employ other people who would help run it. I would imagine it's the type of place that you're going to need to be there every day to set the tone you want to set. I, that. Yeah, so that that's how I envision it, and and the reality is it, there are signs that point to it, it being possible to, to quote unquote have it all. That that's actually those are words that uh, that my CEO said to me when I when I told him this. You know, keep me posted. Let me know if if there's a way that you can you know stay on here and do that and have it all. You know, we'll work towards that. Uh, currently, there are 
um, there's just like six kids uh, working at the store, you know, that one of them kind of stepped up as, as manager after the owner passed and, and they're just running no huddle offense, uh, keeping this place afloat, you know, for the last few months, they're, they're doing a, a pretty good job. And, and, and they, you know, they cover all hours of the store, you know, so on, on one, on one hand, yeah, I could make the investment and let it continue, you know, try to continue working uh, my current job. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think that the stores, you know, got enough. I don't think it would pay me, you know, if I were to do that and the store would break even, those kids would get paid, which is great. The thing would continue and it would continue exactly as it is, which is, which is good. Chris, the store is good. I, you know, there's a lot of great to be said about it, but again, you know, I, I think about, I mean, it has to have a direction, you know, these kids in their mid twenties that have, were thrust into making you know, leadership decisions for a small business we're, you know, we're rolling the dice every day. Uh, and at some point distributors are going to, you know, get concerned that checks are becoming late. Then, you know, new releases aren't on the shelves and people lose faith in the store. And then, you know, every bit of, every bit of the store's name and identity and brand that it's built over years is starts to chip away. So uh, anyway, so I guess the short answer is I, I don't think I could live with myself if I didn't put every idea and every bit of energy I had into, into it. Um, but I, I, I don't know, you know, my current job, I, I think they'll offer me something to either change my mind or, or to keep me. I've been, I've been pretty good for them for, for several years, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not of the, I'm not so disillusioned that I, I know they won't be, you know, fine in a heartbeat without me. Well, here's, I mean, okay. I want to just give a big caveat, yeah. which is that there's no world in which I should give anyone advice on really anything. Sure, sure, sure. sure. I've walked my own path. <laughs> I've managed to make it work. There's nothing about the life I've managed to leave that truly applies to other people. But I can say this is, first of all, before I put any ideas in your head and ruin your life and you blame me mm -hmm. forever, you got, a, you got a family, you got a mortgage, you got health issues. Yep. Those are very, very real things. Yep. I, don't, I don't have to look your family in the eye. I don't have to answer to the bank when the mortgage sure. is a few days sure. late. I don't have to deal with your doctors if you go on bad health insurance. But I can say this, just from what you're describing me, is that there's more marketing jobs. In, there's always going to be more marketing jobs. But if the dream of yep. this guy's, if this guy's dream dies, it, it never comes back. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair and succinct way to put it. So that was records get liquidated. That's one less record store. You don't see too many new yeah. record stores. You see the old ones die. Nope. You don't see new ones. You see chains. You see ones that are maybe outreaches of record labels that are also like event, yeah. event spaces for artists. You don't see the neighborhood record stores coming up. No. And it's, it, I mean, the, that whole, uh, the whole industry has been, has been so hard to, to talk about, to, to forecast for, for so long. And I think that's a, that's, that's one reason. I mean, you're right that the trend is one way and one way only in terms of, of brick and mortar stores. And that's 
fewer and, and fewer and fewer. You know, we also know at the same time in the last 10 years, final sales have increased each and every year. Uh, you know, it's forecasted currently that that will continue for at least five to 10 years. Not that we're, you know, assuming that a bubble will burst, just that we can't even pretend to know beyond that. I think it's absurd to, you know, forecast even five, 10 years out when, when who knows, you know, in, in your and my lifetimes alone, like from, from, you know, curly Q corded phones in the wall that we, we wanted the longest cord so we could go hide in the closet and talk on the phone to, you know, to any song or artist that we ever want. All we have to do is start start typing on our phone and our phone says, Oh yeah, I got you. And, and, and spits out whatever we want. Like it, it's crazy to, to imagine or to think that we can know, okay, well, vinyl sales were, were X amount this year because of Adele and 21 pilots and, and now third Jack white opened third man records in Detroit. So we, we've got another pressing plan and, and got a groove out of Cleveland is upping their capacity. So, uh, so, you know, this vinyl slowdown, because that's a, a big issue right now. Bands and, and labels can't get stuff pressed for six, eight, nine months uh, or more. They've got a plan so far and ahead. Yeah. And well, that's rec- kinda... record store day, too. Yeah. Record store day is like a huge boon. Yeah. But it's also got some moral yeah. stuff there, too. There's some moral implications it, to it. There, Yeah. Nobody has only positive things to say about record store day. And, you know, that that's unfortunate because it's I, I think I think everybody would agree that at, upon its inception, that thing was designed to be just a, a, a wonderful thing for for small businesses and for fans of music. You know, this thing was it was a wonderful idea. And, and now, you know, I, yeah, there's there's tons of things we could talk about. But yeah, you know, I'm going to go wait in line for the the 14th pressing of of this, you know, Springsteen album that I have four other copies of. And, uh, you know, this copy is on splatter swirl color vinyl and there's only 200, there's only 2,500 of them. So it's, it's gotta be important to me. It's that kind of stuff that is, it, it takes advantage of the, of this younger generation that's interested in vinyl, interested in this format. And I, it's frustrating, but I also recognize that if there's a market for it, people are going to try to to make the money on it. I've also heard, I know from the record label standpoint, there's a lot of labels that have supported vinyl, small labels forever, and now these major labels step in and realize, oh, we can make a lot of money off this, and then the small labels can't can't get their stuff printed on time because the big labels can come in and spend money. But who cares about all that? It's crazy, just because, yeah, for sure, just because Beyonce wants to put something out like the second she wants, this band that recorded their album a year and a half ago has to wait another year to, you know, to even start talking about it because they can't get oppressed. And then they but can't it, plan their tour all, and they can't get out there because they don't have the product yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Here's a question I have for you. Yeah. Here's a thing I want to hear from you because mm-hmm. you're a guy who cares about this stuff. You've done market research. Yeah. Like in, you understand there's a five to 10 year forecast on this and that, like, you know what you're talking about, you know, and I'm pretty <laughs> certain that that splatter colored Springsteen vinyl with 2,500 copies is not a theoretical example. My guess is that that's. It, it, it is. I, it's some, somebody will fa- somebody listening will, will say that that doesn't exist. That was a, it was an example, but you know, but they're it, out there. It, these it's things. pretty close to what would be true. <laughs> Here's what I want to know from you though. 
okay, outside of any business yeah. stress, outside of any of this, take me back. You're, I remember I started getting into music and, and figuring out my, it wasn't just my dad's take. It wasn't just what I heard on the radio. It's like 13, yeah. 14 years old. Take me back. What? What's the first piece of vinyl that you get yourself that you put it on where you're like, so, oh, this is it. This is my thing now. What's the thing that keeps so, you going back to records for the rest of your life? There's a couple different elements to it. I, I, there's, so first of all, I owned, I owned some vinyl before I had a, a, a turntable. Uh, and it, 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 you know, I, I feel like I, I should blush when I say that, but I, I think uh, again, just to, you know, a comment on my market research nature Venn diagram with, with this entry, you know, I, I think there was research done last year that, um, of, you know, of people who bought a piece of vinyl last year, one, at least one vinyl record last year, I think it was something like 48%, like half of people that bought vinyl did not listen to it. Yeah, it's collector's items. So, yeah, and 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 that's fine, right? Because most of them come with a digital download code, and the reality is, you know, if if people are are buying it that way and putting it on their phone and listening to it that way, cool. They just also have they want that physical ownership. They want a one square foot piece of art. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I had vinyl before uh, before I was able to actually listen to it. And the the first record I remember uh, remember buying it it was to feed more of a uh, my collector bug. Um, I it's it's very dangerous if I get into a collection and just like you were saying with you know with individual artists you know I, if I if I hear a record and I get really into it you know shoot man I've got to find that that person's entire discography and, and quick. Um, but so I, I was doing that kind of thing with, um, out of Champaign, Illinois, there's uh, polyvinyl records. And when I was in, when I was in high school, probably junior year, um, I started to get really into just anything that they were doing. Um, you know, I was coming off of, you know, early high school, I was listening to whatever I was, you know, whatever people around me were, it was Incubus and uh, Bare Naked Ladies and Corn uh, and and you know whatever what was, you know, big on uh, yeah oh dude I, I'm it's it's so far in the past but but so I've then never met I, a I record guy who was stuff. Incubus and Corn <laughs> and now you're I, I know okay I know. no I'm not well that's what I mean I'm actively me. judging <laughs> but I'm letting it go that that's pre-awakening right so yeah, i mean you asked you asked about the you know what's the awakening when I, when what's I the awakening to, is, moment i, I want to offer my apologies to incubus and corn um i got nothing against them everybody needs to you know pay the rent i, I just didn't expect a record guy a record collector guy to bring him up anyway I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and do some soul searching i think you should as well and maybe what will help heal your soul is uh some of these fine products from from our sponsors and advertisers check them out use the promo codes we'll be back with more call in a second support for today's show comes from squarespace whatever your next big idea might be count on squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You get a unique domain. That strengthens your brand. That makes it easier for visitors to find you. 
everything rolls downhill. Success is on the way. And look, I, I, I tell you, I've been in many situations in my life. I, yeah, I go out on the road. I need to update tour dates. I need to put up posts, blog posts, plug this, plug that. Making a website, very, very hard for me. I, I always wish that there was a simple way to do it myself. That is Squarespace. They got templates. It's very easy to do it all yourself. Arrange your own content. Click of a mouse. Nothing to install or patch or upgrade ever. Nothing like that that you feel is going to tip the whole boat. Although if you do have a question, you run into anything. Squarespace is award-winning 24-7. Customer support can help. No dumb questions. They don't care if it's trivial seeming. They will help you out. That It's like your, your own IT department. So make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. Enter offer code CG to get 10% off your first purchase. That is CG, like me, Chris Gethard. Squarespace.com, offer code CG, 10% off. If you haven't heard Earwolf's podcast, Hollywood Handbook yet, you got to check it out, okay? It's hilarious. I've been on there twice. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time, weird time, real weird time. It doesn't hurt that uh, Sean and Hayes, who host the show, they're always dishing out compliments for my show. Very Total sweethearts, those two. Nothing ironic or sarcastic about Sean or Hayes, Lord knows. They wear their hearts right on their sleeves, those two. They recruit great comedians and writers like Lauren Lapkus, Mike Mitchell, share their stories and secrets to making it big in Tinseltown. They leave plenty of room for wild tangents, like when Tom Sharpling, my good friend Sharpling, tries to steal Hayes to start a new podcast, The Big Apple Bible. Seriously, I've been on uh, Hollywood Handbook twice. I could say both episodes, two of the more bizarre experiences I've ever had. First one with Hayes was uh, very dark, very proud of it. The second with Sean, a little more real. Equally weird. Stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear a message from Sean and Hayes. Go subscribe to Hollywood Handbook wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go ahead and finish off this phone call. See if a business shall rise. Thanks for listening. Let's hear the rest of the call. What's the awakening? What's the awakening moment? So it was bands on polyvinyl. It was stuff like uh, like Rainer Maria and Owen. Uh, man, Owen, do you, do you know Owen, uh, Mike Kinsella, uh, from Champagne? No, I just like, uh, I okay. like pop he, punk. He, I he, like very juvenile pop punk. I, I hear you, but I, I think honestly, uh, this dude, Owen, he was, a, he was a very big fan of Morrissey and the Smiths. Ooh. He had this many, uh, many serious, like legitimate references to, uh, to Morrissey and Smith's lyrics and song titles and, 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 and in his lyrics it's uh, and he's on polyvinyl. It's good. I, like I, it's polyvinyl. I, I swear, if you come away not appreciating it in any way, I will. I'll stand market research, man. Well, no, okay. <laughs> There's no need to. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm overplaying my cards. Okay, I'm gonna. But so, so I was in, I was into these things, these polyvinyl bands, and then, um, you know, I was just getting them all on CD. It was it was you know late '90s. And Polyvinyl just put out—they put out Beach Slang, right? Polyvinyl put out Beach Slang this year. They're they're and they're they're killing it lately. And they're putting out something by Power Bottom soon. We got some crossover here. That's right. They just signed uh, Pale Hound that was on tour with Power Bottom. That's I just got introduced to to her, and that sounds great. Uh, It's awesome. I I got this like braid vinyl box set, uh, and because it was like. It had a different catalog number than the CDs that I had. So for my collection, you know, I needed to have this like four LP box set. And that was the first record I owned. And that, again, you know, I didn't listen to it on that format. You know, I listened to it on CD plenty, but 
and we listened to it on that format for quite a while after that. But it it just I, I it started this collection. It started like I I, I wanted to look at that, and at, from that moment, like I. I kind of lost all stock in the CD collection that I'd been building over the years and started parsing that and, and trading in for, you know, the, the same albums on, on vinyl. And now, you know, staring at a, a thousand records uh, in front of me. And uh, it's hard to do that sometimes without realizing what the, what the cost has been over the years. But hey, it makes you happy. They, black crack, they call it black crack. It does. You ever heard that black phrase, crack. vinyl? They call it black crack, it's addictive. <laughs> I have not. Maybe I should change the store name to that. <laughs> I remember. I can remember, like individual songs that I look back on where I'm like, that just like that was that just like deflected my whole life towards something different. Because I heard that song when I was 15. That's a cool thing. What's your favorite yeah. song of all time? What's your favorite song all time as a music nerd? Oh, oh my god, that's. That's way too tough, man. You've thought about uh, it before. It's not the first time someone's asked you this sure. question. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's also not the first time I've been. I've tried to deflect this question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I I don't I don't have a good answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a a, a garbage answer. Uh, but it, it's uh, but uh, a Cat Stevens song. Uh-huh. Um, don't say it, moon shadow. When I, you better not say moon shadow. No, I, I, I will not. No, it's it's the it's the song everybody loves called Ben Apple Gas. Uh, that's also a joke. Is nobody knows that song. It's really really <laughs> stupid. Um, and this, but this is what I try to get away from. People ask me, you know, oh, you have you like records? You have records? Oh, I, I, I am too. You know, what are your favorite? Because they think they think the only records that exist are you know Beatles and Zeppelin and. Uh, and these things. So uh, anyway, uh, Cat Stevens' song uh, from Matthew and Son, uh, one of his early songs. That's that's the album uh, "Here Comes My Baby" is on. Uh-huh. You probably know. Yeah, uh, I like the song. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get a gun. Um, it it makes no sense. I don't identify with it in any way. But if I were to if I were to guess the song that I'm like singing in my head. Uh, without anybody knowing more often than not, it's probably that. Okay, I'm going to write this down too. Cat Stevens, I'm going to get me a gun. Okay, that's another one. I'm looking up, I'm setting aside all this polyvinyl stuff. Mine is, uh, you I, like- think, I think it's because like Cat Stevens, it's just that sweet voice that, that you're so used to. And it's just like young Cat Stevens sounding like he's pissed off and, and threatening people in, in, in still kind of a sweet way. And I, I I don't understand, and I think that's why I, I, I go back to it. Yeah, I love it. I, I, my my wife and I, I love I, like we. I have a bunch of Cat Stevens stuff, and and she likes them too. My wife is very very smart about music, sm- far smarter than I'll ever be. Great great taste. And we both like Cat Stevens, but that song Moon Shadow comes on, and we have a running joke in our relationship <laughs> where if that comes on shuffle while we're in the car, she'll just gently touch my arm and go, "No, baby, no Moon Shadow." <laughs> Do you know that song? I'm walking in on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. It's like one of those weird '70s songs. It's so like, bad. It's not that. It's not that dissimilar from that Banapple Gas song, which is on this like weird concept <laughs> album Stevens did, and it's 
I think it's kind of about you know the, like the DDT and uh, all that stuff, chemicals and, and yeah. fruits and everything, and it's just just bonkers. <laughs> Want to hear a secret about me that not many people know? My favorite. I do. Can it just be between us? No, it's going to be between us and tens of thousands of people. Um, my <laughs> my favorite okay. song, surprisingly enough, my favorite song, not a song by Morrissey or the Smiths. Okay, I'm intrigued. Can you guess another artist in that family? Another artist? Oh, man. I'll just tell you the story because we don't have much time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm a kid. I get into the punk rock. I'm loving it. And I remember some of these albums. I remember the day I bought Love is Dead by the Mr. T Experience. And I was like, this guy is speaking my language. And uh, now, you know, some of those songs, a lot of the pop punk, it's like just blaming women for men's problems. Don't love that. But some of those songs, (laughs) thank you for not being one of them. As a kid who felt a little bullied, that song, thank you for not being one of them. Anyway, I pick up a comp one day. I'm at a record store. I pick up, you know, comps for anybody who doesn't know, a bunch of different bands each contribute one song, especially in the 90s. A lot of punk labels put these out. There's a song by a band called Lifetime. It's called New England. I listened to it. And I'd heard a lifetime. I was a kid. They were a Jersey band. I'm like, this song is rad. And then I look at the liner notes and I realize it's a cover by this guy named Billy Bragg. So I look up the original, look up the original New England by Billy Bragg. To me, that's everything a pop song needs to be. It's just a man with a guitar. It's about two minutes long. I could sing the whole thing off the top of my head right now. The lyrics are incredible. I, I can't place it, so I, I'm going to look at it, and or I'm going to look it up. You might, and I think here. probably it's better that that be the first experience than you singing it. Maybe the I don't know I, about I, it. I, I'm I gonna, hold on, I'm gonna, we're going to test it. <laughs> I was 21 years okay. when I wrote this song. I'm 22 now, but I won't be for long. People ask me, when will you grow up to be a man? But all the girls I loved in school are already pushing prams. I loved you then as I love you still. Though I put you on a pedestal, they put you on the pill. Don't feel bad about letting you go. I just feel sad about letting you know. I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking for a New England. I'm just looking for another girl. That doesn't ring any bells? That's a great chorus. I don't I, want to change well, the world. I'm not looking for a new one. It sounded like Morrissey was singing it, but I... It well, Billy Bragg good. opened for the Smiths. They were all friends. Anyway, made it about me I, for I long say, enough. You have, you have a very distinct way of, of, of singing, and it's, it's your influences are very clear. Yeah. I, I, Billy Bragg, <laughs> that's another one. Like, There's just so much. I don't know where to start with them. Like, other tough. than the, uh, the Billy Bragg and, and Wilco albums. You know, the, I don't like uh, do those, and I don't know that. Classics. I don't know that. You don't? I don't know that he loves those either. I've read that. I, I don't know. I could be talking out oh, of really. Race. I've read that those they kind of butted heads. Um, but so, dude, some of that like greetings, greetings uh, to the new brunette. Great song. That song, dude. The saddest song of all. Levi Stubbs' tears is. It shows up on list. Saddest song of all time. The first line of that song is with the money from her accident, she bought herself a mobile home. That's a great first line. This guy's a words. And that song, Waiting for the Great Leap Forward, he had a lot of political songs. And I tell you, man, this dude, he went on the Craig Ferguson show. This was like shortly after we had that war in Iraq that I think everybody now realizes, why did we even go there? 
And he has this song called Waiting for the Great Leap Forward. And he often adjusts the lyrics based on the politics of the times. And he went on American TV. Yeah. He's an English guy. Went on American TV right after we got into that war. And he sang the line, I don't see how we're going to stop an axis of evil by dropping smart, by giving smart bombs to dumb people. And I saw that. I was like, this guy's got <sighs> balls of solid steel. Wow. And I love Billy Bragg. Yeah. Wow. Dude, here's the thing. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing I'm thinking you about it. you. Record store 2017, high percentage chance it could fail, crash and burn. Yeah. You got to just decide yeah. if you're okay with that, if you're okay taking a chance on a dream. It's not an easy choice, not when you're already in your 30s and you got a mortgage. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm not the 18-year-old that uh, like the original owner was with, you know, uh, I, yeah, there's... He had, all, he had all the time in the world. He had all the time to fail. You don't have as much time to fail. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of failure. Very, very big fan of failure. I am. I mean, I do. I I got time to fail. I disagree, Chris. I can I can fail still. Hell I'm, yeah. I'm turning. I'm 33 this year. A fortuitous number for somebody in, interested in vinyl. I I I could fail in my current job. I you know I could. Uh, I could suggest some things and, and realize I, I, I think about this all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly making decisions that have like crazy high, you know, price tag ramifications for, for my company. And for the most part, I'm doing it unchecked because the company has been, you know, pretty small uh, for a while. And I, as one of these days, something could come up and, and be like, oh, why, why wouldn't you have talked to somebody? Why would you have done Women done done something different, and then you know we're we're having the same conversations. It, it, it all you know it all comes crashing down. My wife and and mortgage are, are uh, in jeopardy. It, I know it's more unlikely, uh, you know, that that goes sour yeah. than is than a small low margin. But the, <laughs> but the, here's but, the other side of the coin. Here's the other side of the coin, though, is you get in on this small business. It is a struggle every day. You're working with a medium that yeah. five years ago people thought was completely dead and it somehow came back to life. This final thing. You have yep. six employees in their 20s who are going to show up hungover. Half of them are probably musicians that are going to want to <laughs> go on tour half the year. But yeah. Like, yeah, and then on top of it, you're going to be raising kids who are going to realize they're going to start to piece together as they get older. Oh, wait, you had a real job and then we couldn't go on. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. go to Disney World because you decided you wanted to do this thing and you're going to have your health problems and you're not going to be on this good health insurance. Yep. But every morning you're going to woke up, you can wake up, you can go there, you're going to unlock that door, walk in, inhale. You can smell that cardboard, that vinyl. You're going to smell it, that uh, record store smell. Yeah. You're going to see the posters on the walls. You're going to see kids come in. You're going to see that 15-year-old kid come in who doesn't know anything about music but heard some song on the radio. And that kid's going to yeah. say, like, I heard this song and it said something about London Calling. And you're going to go, I get to introduce this kid <laughs> to the fucking clash. I get to this. Yeah. This and, kid and, heard the Ramones and he and doesn't Chris, know who the Ramones I get to show a kid. There's a couple years before the kids put together that that I that I'm you know that this decision is the reason that they can't go to Disney World or or college. There's a couple years before that where, you know, I get to like I get to take them to work on Saturday and and hang around and and show them what what this kind of life is. You know, listen to music, talking to other people in the community, and 
caring passionately uh, about something, that's, I mean, that's the exact other side of it. And uh, but, you'll be able, but you're right. Your kids, uh, your kids and they, may, and they say, where, why? Your kids may not be as financially secure as they would be if you stuck with this, but they will never like incubus or corn. They will, they will never. They will never. <laughs> Is this record store I, I, I big enough? I that solemn promise. Do they ever do in-stores? they ever do the in-stores there? The artists come perform they at do. the store? That, that's, that's a definite part of what they do. And that's, you know, that's, that's a, you know, a, a touch point of, of what I see this. But, you know, yeah. So an in-store, there's, there's music there. I would say at least once a month, probably every two to three weeks uh, or so. I think that should be... More, uh, man, we're we're getting close. But let me let me tell you this, Chris. I got a friend in this area who, uh, a couple friends in the area who started a, a business a few years ago here. That's uh, that's taking off. They um, they bring bands in to their house. They record them, uh, audio and video. They put those uh, those live session recordings, both video and audio, out online on, on YouTube. And just last year. My this kid and his dad, who's a like professional engineer, built a custom lathe cutting machine, like a one of a kind thing. He so now he he brings bands in to this area, records them, and within weeks he posts online. You can now order this this session on vinyl, and this is happening, you know, blocks away. So my brain is thinking like, this is again. I know strategic partnerships. If if I when I hear them. That that goes hand in hand. You know, bands can come in through the store and the session. You know, my store should have a corner devoted to just these, you know, session vinyl recordings and this and this yeah. other small business. <sighs> There's I'm, just so much. Can to, I put something out there to can try I, to do? I'm, can I put two things out there? Two things out there. Two. Yes. Two things selfishly on my end. One, I put out albums. I put out one album. I'll probably be putting out a new album, Career Suicide, end of this year. Put out vinyl. It's a collector's item, record label. We just do direct order. They never hit stores. We do small runs. If you buy this right. store, I will right. make your store the only store that carries the vinyl. Six said comedy oh. nerds will flock to it. And if you own this store, why don't we do a live in-store beautiful anonymous taping from your store? Oh, my God. Chris, uh, I, all right. Well, if I, I'm meeting with uh, with the wife of this man this afternoon, and this is uh, this is some fire uh, under my belt. I'm 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 taking you up on it, and we're getting you out to wherever I am to to do that in store. You're telling me you're buying a business based the on year. the past 50, 56 minutes of conversation. This was what pushed you past the tipping point uh, of you now being a small business owner. I mean, Chris, uh, you were going to do it. You already want it. You were already right there. Because here's the thing that you and I both know, I I think. Here's the thing you and I both know is that you're 33, so you're going to retire in 32 years. And there's a chance that 32 years from now, you could walk away from the marketing company still thinking, what if I just did it? And that this this record store failing would not it would sting, but it would not hurt as much as being 65 and, and, and wishing and wondering that you went in a different way. It just won't. That's the right. type of guy I, no, I'm, you I'm seem not burning. To a, I'm not burning a bridge, leaving what I'm doing. Uh, but, but absolutely the, the ability to sleep wondering what if is, 
I, that that's just too high a cost to to pass up. I, I don't, you know, yeah, the store fails in in ten years, or or the more the more logical result, the store is con- continually just mildly <laughs> above just above break even successful. You know where. You know, I, every day is is you know okay. Do we have enough uh, for groceries today? Great, but also Chris, like that isn't this isn't that it? Like life is just like being with family, eating and 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 being happy in, in whatever like whatever brings you that happiness. And I'm starting to think that I can get by on on less than I thought I could. Yeah. Me too. I stopped. I get years ago. I was chasing the ego. I was chasing the ego, and I wanted the big comedy stuff. And I got, and I almost had it. And I realized I came very close. And I realized, man, that didn't even like that didn't even make me feel better. And I went on public access right. TV, and my whole life changed for the better on a dead medium that everybody said was unlikely and never going to lead anywhere. But man, did I get happy! And I met my wife through it. And I get to work with all my best friends, and uh, I feel like this record store is analogous in your life to what that public access studio was to me, which is I get to just go do what I want and be surrounded by the thing I love, and that might mean yeah. more than money. And it turned out for me, it was true. It's it, not yeah. true for everybody. And and let me let me tell you, Chris. In all honesty, and you know, it might sound like blowing smoke, but I I, I think that they're I think the two are related in in, in more ways. I you know I was. I was casually, uh, you know, this sounds, it's a weird sentence to say. I was casually aware of you for a while, but it wasn't until the, um, until the public access, the, well, the fusion, uh, iteration that both my wife and I were just all in. And, you know, then this podcast starts and it's just, uh, it just clicks for both of us. But it, it was, it was kind of that, you know, that show and seeing, look, it, it, you don't have to prescribe to whatever, you feel is supposed to be happening. 30 you know, seconds. Your, your you got 30 seconds left. What's Keep supposed going. to be a talk show or whatever. It's, it's what you want. What city are you in? What city are you in? I'm a, can I tell you that? I think so. I, I made up the rules. You did. Uh, and I'm a Toledo area. I want to do, I want to do come perform in your record store in Toledo. Hell yeah. Five seconds left. I hope you go for it. I hope it works. Well, I'm. I will follow up. Uh, this happens. I, I know there's a, a huge online community, and I'll, you know, break an, uh, anonymity to let them know where they can come by. Come by your record. We'll make it happen, man. We'll make it happen. I hope that guy in Toledo starts that record store, and I hope that we get to do a live, beautiful anonymous there. And I hope that the greater Toledo metro area flocks to it. We can make that happen help this guy out thank you caller i really do hope it works out and i hope i didn't guide you towards true life disaster um although i, I don't buy it all. it happens sometimes thank you to everybody thank you to to jared o'connell to harry nelson in the booth helping helping with all the calls help, thanks to the reverend john delore and greta Cohn who really helped construct this thing in the early days thanks to shell shag for all the music you hear throughout the episode support shell shag you know, maybe that guy will sell shell shag records at his uh, record store in toledo you want to know more about me chrisgeth.com got some road dates up there that's where you can find out about those and if you like this show rate review subscribe on itunes it really does help so much thanks again for listening talk to you next time i'm beautiful anonymous
Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, thank you. That's cool. I just for anybody listening, I just want to explain Subaru has like very kindly funded um some some sort of mini episodes of my podcast where I talk to people anonymously. So, um we're talking for a few minutes here. I understand that you're a big fan of the the Subaru brand and that's how we've uh, come to talk today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're a great company. Yeah, what is it what is it that floats your boat when it comes to when it comes to Subaru? You know, um it's not just about the cars that they make. They do a lot of work for, you know, ASPCA and um, the national parks, for example. I, uh, you know, I live in Southern California, and I drive up to Yosemite a lot. And that's one of the reasons I bought a Subaru, for that all-wheel drive during the winter. And currently, they have a project that is uh, where they're trying to create uh, zero landfill around Yosemite Park. Um, that's super cool. And, you know... Yeah, when it comes to the environment, that's something I'm really passionate about. So not only do they make great cars, they're looking out for the environment. And animals, who doesn't love animals? Only cold-hearted maniacs, I think. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So wait, you're, you're a big environmental guy, and you're driving up to Yosemite. What are you doing in Yosemite all the time? Just hanging out? Um, you know, my uh, wife's family, they have a, a cabin up there. They've been going for ages, and... Uh, I drove a different car before, and I saw that they had Subarus, so I said, well, there's got to be something to that. That's cool. So how'd you meet the wife, then? Um, my current wife, we met at the gym. At the gym? <laughs> of all places. How did you, uh, how does that blossom into a, a marriage? Um, you know, you, you uh, find somebody who, who Obviously, he's working hard at the gym. They look good to you. You strike up a conversation. You realize they're they're great people, and uh, you know you invite them out to eat one night, and that's when you click. Hold on, you're playing it real cool. You're smooth, dude. <laughs> Not really. Come on. Not really. If you knew me, you'd be like, "Oh, how did this happen?" I'm I telling that you. How did I end up with her? The way you just described, oh, you just see somebody at the gym. They seem nice. You walk up to them. You're like, hey, you seem cool. Let's go out to eat. I'm, I'm, telling, well, that, you, I'm telling you, from my end, would never, 0% chance I could ever pull that off. Because I, I go to the gym. I run on the elliptical for 20 minutes at a time. There's all these buff people, and they all talk to each other. The idea of me picking up, if anyone's interested, like that's the thing, that's, uh, you must be in good shape. That's the difference between me and you. Because if you're going to pick somebody up at the gym, you got to be in good shape, right? There, there has to be some type of physical attraction. That's, that's true. Yeah. Nobody's like, uh, like I'm a happily married man, but if I was single, if I ever tried to pick somebody at the gym, they'd be like, you know what? I think there's many other options here in the gym besides the uh the super pasty <laughs> pale dude who runs on the elliptical for 15 minutes and looks like he's going to collapse and die afterwards. I think maybe that's not yeah. <laughs> what I'm going for. Well, you never know. There are people out there that that's exactly their type. Yeah. Well, comedy fans, people who are fans of comedy are attracted to pale, emotionally uh, questionable men. So What's the best road trip you've taken with the wife? What's the most romantic road trip you've pulled off in a Subaru? Because I want to hear more about this. I have a feeling you're very smooth and you're not, and, and you're pretending you're faking it on me. Really, it doesn't matter. Anywhere we go, we have, we have a good time, lots of good music, good conversation, a lot of fun. 
But I would say the ones that stand up the most are, you know, living in California, we had this drought going on like crazy. Uh, there was one year when uh, driving up to Yosemite, just everything was blanketed with snow, and it just looked amazing, you know, especially a kid who grew up in Southern California who didn't get to see that every day. And you're just taking your time, all the all the, the trees and the ground and everything just blanketed and white. It's just so peaceful and so beautiful that you just, you know, you, you have to take it all in and enjoy it. That sounds cool, man. Thank you for talking. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the time you taking the, the time to uh, speak to me about it. No, it's cool. And it's, re- it's really nice to hear that Subaru is doing so much for the environment and animals and conservation. That's like genuinely uh, makes me feel really good. Yeah. Thank you. You have a good one. You too. Thanks. Hello, listeners. You're listening right now. You're probably wondering, is there a website I can go to to meet other real Subaru owners? Meetanowner.com. It's full of Subaru owners telling you why they love their cars. Check it out. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Remember what it felt like to be young and in love? Like, probably about an hour ago, I just had my first kiss. What? So... One yeah. hour, one hour ago, you had your first a monumental life moment. One hour ago. <laughs> so this guy, we like decided yesterday that we're gonna start dating, and he has this list thing. It's kind of like a bucket list, but it's not. He calls it his to-do list, and one of them is to kiss someone in the rain. And it started raining today, and then so he texted me, "Come outside," and so I came outside, and he walked up and kissed me. And that was your first ever kiss, one hour ago in the rain. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hollywood Handbook. Hey, so uh, it's Sean and Hayes from Hollywood Handbook. Uh, We just want to apologize for... Whatever you just listened to, I think we can all agree that sucked. It sucked. It sucked. It was terrible. It wasn't a good podcast. So... If you want to listen to a podcast where you're laughing, having fun, with and two it's of your actually best friends, smart, and it shows it's actually smart because smart. one of the things that what you just listened to, not only did it suck, it was stupid, stupid for babies. A grown-up smart podcast that's funny that keeps you awake is a show called Hollywood Handbook. It's hosted by your two best friends, Sean and Hayes, and we are your friends in real life. Yes. Unlike the people that did this show that you just listened to. They're just doing it so yes. that you'll like – They don't yeah. want to be your friends, and we already are. Yeah. So um, don't listen to the sucky show that you have. Do the new show. We're doing it. It's Hayes and Sean, Hollywood Handbook, and find it on Earwolf or something. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.